I'm Sammy Lucas and I'm Romantically Challenged. I don't know about you, but I don't know many people who manage to separate and or divorce amicably. My guest in this episode, Michelle, recently separated after a 10-year relationship and she's determined to remain on good terms with her ex. They're trying their very, very best to consciously uncouple. Michelle talks to me about the important rules they've put in place to try and maintain that healthy friendship. And we discuss how much information is appropriate to share with your ex about your new single life and various dating exploits. That's a tricky one. Okay, here's Michelle. Hi, my name is Michelle. I'm a 39-year-old woman. I'm two and a half months into being single after a 10-year relationship and was previously married in my 20s. I'm a mama to a COVID fur baby, Maya. I run a health tech software company and I'm one of the lucky ones that loves what I do. I enjoy learning salsa and bachata dancing, love music, listening to novels on Audible, podcasts and meeting new people. Dating for me has been a rollercoaster ride, but overall really fun and exciting. So yeah, definitely enjoying it so far. My ideal partner is someone that is open-minded, kind, generous, healthy, oh, and tall and sexy. My life motto mantra is, well, I don't have one I live by, but I tend to gravitate to different mantras depending on what's going on in my life. And right now I'm loving, if it's not a fucking hell yes, then it's a no. Michelle, thank you so much for chatting. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. First of all, what's pachata dancing you mentioned in your intro? If you know salsa, it's very similar. It's a similar step, slightly different angle, um, slightly different music, but it's still Latin and I think it actually comes from the Dominican Republic and it's just a little bit sexier than Ooh, salsa. <laughs> so you're getting your sexy back on. Although I'm, I'm assuming you never lost your sexy in your relationship. Oh, when we were the last couple of years being married, yeah, definitely we lost it. But yeah, it's been exciting to find it again. <laughs> now, I know this is so fresh for you because you've only literally come out of a 10-year relationship a couple of months ago. I think it's a wonderful insight that you can bring into a newly single person. I just want to make sure that you, you're totally cool to chat. For sure. I'm okay. happy to discuss. So your relationship history, how old were you when you got married? The first time? Mm. Uh, I think I was about 22-ish, 23, so pretty young. And in hindsight, I probably wouldn't have got married. It was just situational. Um, The partner that I had met then, he was German and he didn't have a visa and it was do we break up or do we move to Germany or do we stay? And so it was that kind of situation Mm. and we made this decision to get married. Did you think you were in love with him? I did. I did at the time. Absolutely. But it was kind of marrying for the wrong reasons, ultimately. In hindsight, but I didn't realise that at the time. We all did things at 22 (laughs) that we probably wouldn't do again. How did that marriage end? Amicably? No, definitely not. Like we're not, we don't speak. I don't know what's going on with his life. I unfortunately didn't know how to get out of the marriage and um, I basically thought that cheating would be the only way out and so I did that which is sad but that's what I did to to get Mm. out of the marriage. How old were you then? Probably like 25. Wow. Yeah. 
And so then you uh, embarked on another long relationship that was 10 years. Yeah. Were you married? No. So we weren't legally married. We chose, we made the decision not to get married and use that 100K that you would put towards a wedding to like invest in property and just have a good lifestyle. Did you sort of ever discuss even just going down to the, is it called the registry here? For me, it was like, what's the point? Like kind of been there, done that. For my ex, it was like, oh, it would be nice one day. Like it was never completely ruled out, I think, for him. But for me, I was like, I don't see the need. Like we've already got a will. We've got joint bank accounts. We've got a self-managed super fund. What's the difference of having another official document say? So it's only been two and a half months since you separated. How are you? Today, I am in a really good place. I definitely haven't been in a good place. Like the first month was horrific. I was in tears. Things would trigger me. Uh, I would have, I had one huge meltdown. I went to my cousin's 40th, which happened in the first month of breaking up and her husband and my ex were best friends. And I saw him, I didn't even have to touch him. I just walked towards him and I just had a meltdown. Like it was the biggest trigger. It just felt so horrible and so painful. And I had to leave the 40th. I couldn't, I couldn't stay there. But today, two and a half months later, which is still a really short amount of time. I genuinely feel really good and we still talk every day. These kind of meltdowns, have you had a few or was it was it really just the one? There was one right. huge one, yeah. And isn't it bizarre how it just hits you in the weirdest place? I bet you were just so excited to be going to this 40th, dressed up, hair done, sashay in, and then it's like bang. Absolutely. Like it caught me completely off guard, like it just knocked me out. Uh, and what made it actually worse was we we had discussed the whole, you know, let's stay friends, let's do this really amicably. But that night he had posted a story of him having a drink with this new female in his life because he has met someone. Oh, outing his new girlfriend. She wasn't in the story. There was an elbow and I knew whose elbow it was. And it made it so much worse. Wow. The elbow. <laughs> the elbow triggered you. <laughs> it <you>. Bloody elbow. <laughs> but did he really need to post that? Yeah. So there's a bit of a debate, like, why was that necessary? But I think I was going to see it eventually. I would have seen it the next morning. And it was literally like ripping the bandaid off. Like I've condensed all the pain and the healing really, really quickly and in a short amount of time. And I think that's helped me because I've talked to girlfriends when we first broke up and they're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's going to take a month per year. So I'm like, well, that means it's going to take me 10 months, almost a year. I don't have a year to put my life back together. So I feel like, yeah, it was painful to see that story, but Um, it's just really fast-tracked my healing. We had discussed we're not going to do that social, like show what we're doing on on a social platform. But then when I felt like it was safe, I gave him my blessing to start posting, especially when he said, I'm official with with her. Like we've we've discussed it. We're we're now like in a serious relationship. But I didn't actually tell my family that Mm -hmm. I had given my blessing. So when they saw the post of him and her standing arm in arm, really happy, 
they lost it. And this wasn't just the elbow photo. Was no. this another photo? Right. This is another photo. You can see your whole family getting <laughs> livid over an elbow. Yeah. And and so when they saw the full face, arm in arm, Ooh. everything, they, again, they sent him abusive messages wow. and actually blocked him. And I'm not talking one person. I'm talking like five family members. Like your family in the mafia or something? <laughs> What's going on? That's full on. Well, when they saw the elbow, one of my cousins said, Oh my goodness, because he had tagged where he was, like what restaurant. So one of my family members was like, great, Google Maps. How how long will it take me to get there? I'm going to throw that cocktail in his face. <laughs> wow. I mean, on the one hand, how amazing having that level of love and, and support from your family, but kind of also scary. Oh, well, so I'm Latina, so it is expected. Latinas are very fiery. <laughs> and he knew this. He knew that. Like he's... Is experienced it for 10 years. <laughs> right. So when you broke up after 10 years, was it a shock? It wasn't a shock, but it's something that we just knew probably over the last couple of years. We knew stuff wasn't working. Um, the passion wasn't there. The usual things like you hear in a traditional marriage where you stop wearing makeup, you stop wearing the sexy lingerie, you stop having sex. So it was all those signs and for me, I was then highly irritable, like, oh, this annoys me, this pisses me off. Mm. And so we just completely lost that passion. And But it's like where do you, how do you say, I don't think this is right, like we've built our whole life together and I think we neither of us had the courage to do the breakup until until I did, like I had enough. Did you just wake up one morning and say today's the day? No, they were just I, I literally just had enough um, and I remember thinking one time, oh, I hope he cheats on me because then it would be so much easier to break up. Like there's a an actual reason to break up. Have but, you spoken to a therapist about this? I'm just thinking you said with your first marriage you thought cheating was the way out yeah. and in this relationship, again, your go-to is someone yeah. needs to cheat for this to end. No, I haven't, but I didn't cheat this time. <laughs> I know, but you wanted him to. Yeah. Like there's something in that. Have you yeah. thought about that or explored where that line of thinking comes from? That's fascinating. I, I guess I just thought like that's that's a golden rule you don't break, right? Like once someone cheats, like that's a reason to end it. But just because you don't love each other, like you see your aunties, your uncles or even relatives, like I know in the Latino community it's you don't really break up with someone. Like you just you're in it. Like that's it and you endure unhappiness. But if someone cheats, well, then, okay, well, that's a reason to break up. So I guess that's where it comes from. God, I'm glad he didn't cheat on you. Imagine what your family would have done. (laughs) (laughs) He knew. He knew what he was in for. What's your relationship like now, two and a half months in? It's surprisingly great. So we always had agreed that we never wanted to blow up the 10 years, the relationship, the trust, the respect that we had built. So the day we broke up, probably not the the day, maybe a week later, we're like, let's promise each other we will stay friends, we will talk, we are family, this doesn't change. We just are not husband and wife. We always refer to each other as husband and wife, even though we weren't legally married. Um, So two and a half months later, we are at that place, which is surprising because it is such a short period of time so he's moved on he has a new partner and so he talks to me not in any detail about his relationship because I think he wants to keep that private and I think that's fair but you know in the first month I didn't want to hear any details 
but I can hear details now and he expresses any like high level concerns that he has about the relationship or anything that's weird because it's a new person right that he's sharing his life with and I it doesn't hurt me it doesn't break me whereas it you know any mention of her the elbow broke me (laughs) in that first month yeah do you feel that he's moved on really quickly absolutely but what I realized in breaking up everyone has their own journey in how they move on so I can't say that his relationship with her is a rebound it might last another 10 years or it might last six months but it's his way of moving on and so I can't judge that I'm taking a different approach but it's his way of moving on. So, yeah, I have to let him make those decisions. I really admire how you guys have handled it, other than the horrific elbow situation. What was he thinking? Um, So many of my divorced friends are not on good terms. And it's just, to me, it's one of life's great mysteries that you can love someone so much that you commit to them, potentially even create children together, And then all of a sudden you can't stand the sight of them, you can't stand talking to them, you can't stand hearing their name. It just, it's so sad that that happens. Absolutely. I think he was family and he still is family. Like just because we don't want to share a home together and share a future together in that traditional husband and wife way, we're not going to throw away the life that we had. It was beautiful. I still love him. that love is just a different kind of love now. And so we're still friends and we didn't want to throw that away. Good on you. It's almost like you've consciously uncoupled. Were you familiar with that term? Did you kind of look into that or think about it? I did. I did. (laughs) I'd obviously heard about it like the Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin kind of breakup. And so what I did was I tried to find all the podcasts that she was on where she was talking about conscious uncoupling and I found it really funny where she said where she met her new partner and she ended up getting married to this new person I'm not sure that was but she like Chris Martin came to her honeymoon and I was just like wow that's amazing and I I remember (laughs) telling Ryan like imagine like you meet someone else and I come to your honeymoon he's probably he's like that's not happening (laughs) yeah I mean I understand the maybe coming to my wedding but you don't have to come to my honeymoon So you did look into steps for consciously uncoupling. Yeah. All I found was what it looks like in the end. I didn't really find anything like this is how you do it. So we kind of had to work that out ourselves and it was really trial and error and course correcting as we went. Okay. One of the really interesting things uh, in the conscious uncoupling episode that I did earlier in this series was talking about letting go of old agreements And making new agreements with yourself. Yes. So, for example, letting go of that marriage vow that you made to love forever. Mm. Did you, I mean, you didn't have the piece of paper, but did you feel like you had to consciously let go of some agreements you had made with your ex? Absolutely. So we, even like in the first couple of weeks of breaking up, uh, we kept saying, I will always love you no matter what. That doesn't change. And even if I meet someone, you're still number one. And in the back of my mind, I was like, well, how can I be number one when you meet someone? Because that person has to be your number one. But I guess it did help during that transition of the breakup. Like, oh, I'm still somebody's number one because your ego, your 
because right now when you're single you're like well who who am I important to like yeah you got your mum and your dad but like it's a different kind of special and so that got me through for a little bit but now that he's moved on and he's found someone else he still tells me I'm important but we've transitioned that you're number one to you're my family so you know you love your brother you love your sister you love your parents but they might not be the first person that you call when something goes wrong. And so it's just really transitioned and that was really important for us. I love that, telling them you're still family. Mm. In my last podcast, I spoke to a woman who'd been married and divorced three times and she is still open to meeting someone and maybe marrying for the fourth time. And she actually says, I feel like a piece of me is missing when I'm on my own. And she feels that she really does need to have a partner in her life. Do you feel that? Not right now. I think maybe in the future I probably would want a partner. But right now I'm actually quite enjoying being single and just meeting different people. As things settle down and as I grow older, I might be open to um, having a partner. But I think I've even heard that in your podcast with other guests, that probably will look different. It's not going to be the way it was with my ex and my first marriage where a traditional let's live together, let's have joint bank accounts, let's just share everything. I think moving forward, if I was to settle down with someone, it would look different. It would look modern and that would be probably maybe you have your own home very close by to me. (laughs) Um, But let's not intertwine everything and muddy everything up Um, because I've seen whilst that is great for a couple of years, it really does suck the passion out of so much. Um, Everything becomes mundane. It's like, oh, you've left your clothes out again on the floor. Like why am I picking this up? Um, But if we have our separate space, I think it's just mitigates a lot of that. I'm just nodding away here in the background. <laughs> I am overwhelmed by how many women say exactly the same thing. Pretty much every woman I speak to, even the woman who wants to find husband number four, she's like, oh, I probably don't need to live with him. Do you believe in the one? No. I believe in the one for right now. So a series of ones? Yeah. I kind of think that too. I used to believe there was the one because I believed all the fairy tales and then I realised, no, I think there's a series of ones throughout your life. Absolutely. And they, they come in and out at different times for different reasons. Yeah, and because you grow, you change, how can that one that you meet in your 20s or your 30s be growing and changing in the same direction? It just Well, it can happen. I think you're lucky if, if it does. Like my parents, 55 years. So you're 39. Earlier, you just said to me, I don't have a year to put myself back together. When you when you were told that it might take a month for every year that you were together to get over it, so you were looking at 10 months of getting over the breakup and you said, I don't have a year to put myself back together. What does that mean? Well, I run a, a software company, so I run my own business and I the first month I really couldn't focus on work I couldn't focus on exercise I lost my appetite so to me I was like well if I have 10 months of this my whole life yes my my marriage broke down but everything else will break down as well for me that just wasn't a viable option so I was like I don't have 10 months and another friend said it would take two years and I was like oh my goodness <laughs> so yeah I just 
I needed to fast track the healing process. 10 years is a big chunk of your life. Do you think you had enough time to grieve? Yeah, I think though, because we knew we were not meant to be together towards the last couple of years, I think that was all we had already started our grieving process. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't just the two and a half months that we're in now, it was the two years leading up to it. And the fact that he is still very much a part of your life. It's not like it was cut off, goodbye, take your shit, and I never want to see you again. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of other than the elbow incident, it's been a fairly peaceful transition. Absolutely. Like we've had hiccups and we've had things that were shared between each other that weren't necessary and we've course corrected. We're like, okay, that's not an acceptable um, conversation that we can have I have to ask you what it was. <laughs> so one was because he went on the dating apps really quickly, three weeks into the breakup. And and so I knew he was on the apps and so that was discussed. And then, you know, we would talk on the phone. He's like, oh, this girl's chatting to me. So over the phone you can kind of say, I'm not in a good place. I don't want to hear this. But, like, if you then translate that to a text message and you randomly get a screenshot of, oh, this girl's, I've just matched with this girl. And if she's really beautiful and you're just not prepared for that, you kind of need to go, okay, I wasn't ready for that. Like I hadn't prepared and no, you cannot send me text messages like that. Even though it was okay to kind of discuss that verbally. Yeah. So we've had a lot of incidences like that where we've gone, okay, not acceptable. Like new rule. We can't do that. What other rules do you have? Um, the first one that he put in place, which I agree to, but it's definitely his rule. No sleeping with anyone that either of us have met that know each other. I still don't agree with that rule, but it's a rule that's in place. So, so he doesn't want you to sleep with any of his friends or, or anyone that he knows. Exactly. Right. Or even that he's met for five minutes. If he's met them, he that's uh, a no-go zone. So that's rule number one. We originally had put rules in place where no no posting on social media, which he accidentally broke with the elbow. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much the only rules that we put in place. And just being respectful, I think. I don't know how I feel about these rules, to be honest. How do I say this? I don't know how I'd feel about having rules like that because you have moved on. Is it a bit controlling of him to be telling you who you can sleep with and what you can post? Yeah. So the the, the sleeping rule, I kind of tend to agree, like, well, hang on, why does it matter? The posting one was really just to make sure we don't get triggered and have a meltdown like I saw the elbow and I did have a meltdown. So I think that rule at the time was important. Now either of those rules don't really make any sense but we've actually had that discussion, like that rule about sleeping with people that we know, is that still in place? Because I don't think it's necessary. He's still quite adamant. That- Wait a minute. <laughs> At the risk of trivialising your rules, he broke the social media rule with the elbow. <laughs> I agree. And my whole family's like, hang on a minute. Like he's lost his right to tell you who you can sleep with by not being together. But you know what? That's something we agreed to keep the peace and... You really care about him. I do. His I, feelings about that are more important to you. Than his well-being is important to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Back with Michelle in just a moment to find out how she's handling the dating scene as a newly single lady. But first, I just wanted to let you know that if you care about the well-being of our planet and our oceans, you might want to check out the Hidden Sea Wines. I love this company. It's a fantastic Aussie wine company who are committed to removing and recycling 10 plastic bottles from the world's oceans for every bottle of wine they sell. They're on a mission to remove 1 billion plastic bottles from the world's oceans by the year 2030. And you can jump on board and help just by drinking delicious premium South Australian wines. They're called the Hidden Sea Wines. They make wine that matters for people who care. So if that's you, you can find them online at thehiddensea.com and make sure you use the code SAMI for a special discount when you check out. Now that's SAMI spelt S-A-M-I. When did you start dating again? I probably started dating earlier than I probably needed to or was ready to. But because he had started dating and he was telling about about it and we wanted to be open about how we're doing this breakup, I was like uh, two weeks in, I was like, well, if you can do it, I can do it too. Watch me go. And so I jumped on the apps when I had insomnia at midnight. I set up my profile, had no idea what I was doing. And of course, you're like, well, I'm just going to sign up to three apps. I'm not going to sign up to one. I'm just going to broaden my horizon. (laughs) Which ones? Bumble, Hinge, and Tinder. And I had matches, of course, like that's, that's the easy part. And I lined up my first date and I was completely um, anxious. I completely worked myself up about it. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to wear? What if I don't like him? What if he likes me? Like just completely stressed myself out about it unnecessarily. And I got to the date and he did not look like his photos. (laughs) He did. But it just looked like the photos were from seven years ago or he had abused drugs in the last two years. Welcome to the world of online dating. Okay. And I was well, like, you know you're not alone in that experience, Absolutely. Right? And I was like, why did I work myself up about this? Yeah. So it's 10 years since you've dated. Mm-hmm. Were apps around before your last relationship? RSVP was around, but no, I'd never used any of those kind of websites. So I want to know what advice you're friends gave you because when you become newly single and you've been in a relationship for a long time everyone's got advice for you I got feedback that it's horrible it's a waste of time it's hit and miss and you've got to go through a a ton of bad dates to get to meet someone that's worthwhile or a good conversation very few people said it was fun it's exciting you're gonna love it it was mostly negative And what was the reality? I'm actually enjoying it. Yeah. So, yeah, there's been horrific dates. There's been dud dates. There's been some ghosting. But all in all, it's been an education. And it's a learning process and education in my own emotions and how much your ego dictates how you feel and how you react to things. I guess at first matching and people wanting to meet with you um, was an ego boost, which I needed at the time, like that validation. But as time goes on, I'm like, oh, actually, no, I'm, I'm more comfortable in my own skin 
And going back to like my current mantra, like if it's not a fucking hell yes, it's a no, like knowing who's wasting your time and knowing what kind of conversation and what kind of guy I want to entertain and and have a further discussion with. So it's really educational for me as to what I like because I think I've, I've forgotten that in my 10 years with with my ex, like what it is that gets me excited. I want to jump in there where you said knowing who's wasting your time. Could you share how you know when someone's wasting your time? Because this is the million-dollar question. <laughs> Have you worked it out? I think it's figuring out what is a waste of time for you. So if you're highly sexual and someone's driving that conversation in a highly sexual way, great, go for it. But that's not what excites me. So I've had people send me videos where they're masturbating straight away. And I'm like, okay, great, not not interested. What do you mean straight away, as in you've matched? We've matched. And the question might be, what are you after, you know, on these apps? Is it a relationship or is it just a little bit of fun? And I always say a little bit of fun because I'm two and a half months in. I really don't want to jump into a relationship. But then if you say that, some people go, great, so am I. You know, it might be three convers- like three messages down, but I have not had a dick pic. <laughs> But I've had a video sent to me of them masturbating. How did you respond to that? I responded with, that's great. We can pick that up later once we've had a drink. Did you go on a date? (laughs) No, I didn't go on a date with him. The conversation pretty much died. (laughs) Have you tried multi-dating? Yeah, sure. I personally think it takes the pressure off meeting the one and having that one person satisfy all your needs and give you the butterflies and message you daily Um, because everyone's busy and I feel like not everyone's looking for a full-time relationship yeah yeah you've got to be pretty ruthless on the apps don't you you do uh so at first you would kind of swipe right you're like oh they're kind of cute and then I'd find myself thinking oh what was I thinking after we match so yeah you do have to be ruthless even then when you do go on a date and you don't feel a spark or anything like that I have messaged them well they've messaged me after the date I've, I've hoped that they don't message but if they have messaged I will be ruthless and say look I'm really sorry I didn't really feel a connection I wish you all the best and goodbye. And on occasion, I've had people like go, what do you mean? Like it was just the first date. How can you know if we have a connection or not? Like we need to go on another day. I'm like, dude, let it let it go. People can get quite angry, can't they? Mm-hmm. The thing that gets people the angriest I found was asking them their height. <laughs> if they don't have it in their profile. So, yeah. So a, a friend said if they don't mention it, it's because they know it's an issue. <laughs> and so for me, I just need them to be above a certain height, like at least a foot taller than me. So if they don't have it listed and I like the look of them, I will ask. And I've had people kind of retaliate, I guess, is probably the best way of putting it, where they've said, well, okay, I'm 5'9 or I'm 5'10, but I make up for that in personality. Or they've said, well, how big are your tits? And I'm like, okay, unmatch. Do you think that was a fair comeback for you to be judging him based on appearance and for him to come back about how big are your boobs? If he was attracted to women with a certain cup size and that was a thing for him, yeah, sure, he can ask, but 
if that was in retaliation to me asking his height, then no, I think, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit rude. It sounds like for you at the moment, because you're not looking for that next great love or relationship, you're just looking for some company and some physical attraction. It is a lot about the physicality. Absolutely. The guy. That's where you're at right now. Exactly. And that might sound rude, but that's just where I'm at in my life right now. You're still very much fresh out of a relationship. Do you feel like you're in a good place and where you're at now? Oh, there's a big pause. Yeah, I'm just. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. You're right. Get you. No, I'm just like, how do I answer this? Are you happy with where you're at at the moment? I am, but it's definitely still a learning process. Like I'm learning every day about myself, what I want. So I am happy in that my partner and I, my ex-partner and I, I should say, um, are in a really good place and we can talk about our feelings and what's happening for each other right now as things are changing. It's still very scary. Like I have days where I'm like, oh, my goodness, have I made the right decision? But as a whole, if I look at from the outside in, yeah, I am. I'm in a good place and I'm happy with how everything's progressing. You're very lucky, I think, that you have such an amicable relationship with your ex and that you had, you know, a really amicable breakup. I think for me, it was reaching out to my family. So I normally wouldn't reach out to to my friends and my family and say, I'm actually struggling. Um, And I did. I called aunties and uncles, my dad, where you wouldn't not, I, I don't have that relationship with my dad to say, hey, like I'm in pain emotionally. Like I might say I have this business problem, but not an emotional problem. But I found myself reaching out to family and friends and saying, I'm struggling. I don't know exactly what you can do, but I just want to know, I want you to know that I'm struggling. And people that I told that to that came forward and just came to visit me, came and brought hampers and food and alcohol or just spent time with me. So I think that was a really big thing. And in the episode, I spoke to our resident psychologist, Rachel Boise, about Divorce Month and how people cope after divorce. She made such a valid point that when someone dies, people show up and people say, what can I do? What do you need? I'll bring food over. I'll come over and sit with you and have a glass of wine or take you to the movies or whatever. But when people divorce or separate from a serious relationship, it's often people's go-to, oh, you'll get over it. You'll be fine. Move on. He's gone. Whereas for a lot of people, they are grieving. You know, you're grieving the end of the relationship. And I think often people lose sight of that. But Good on you for reaching out and having people there for you. Mm, It made the world of difference. I think you're amazing. I think what you've been through is amazing and thank you for sharing with us today. And, Michelle, I really, really hope you find what you're looking for. Thank you. So do I. This podcast is produced and presented by me, Sammy Lucas. Audio director is the very talented Robbie Wood. You can find out more about The Hidden Sea Wines online at thehiddensea.com. Make sure you use the special code SAMI for a great discount when you check out. Now that's spelled SAMI, S-A-M-I. You can find out more about me or this podcast at my website, sammylucas.com. <laughs>